maybe. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined here in studio by one of my partners, co-host, and resident golf sickos, Mr. Jonathan Teal. JT, how are we doing this evening, bud? That's not an echo from last week. You know, I've, I've Scott, you know, he's, he's out there somewhere. I know he's out there. We were told that him and 2G were headed up the turnpike to T-Town today. Haven't been able to confirm that. I'm going to assume they're playing golf. I don't know what they're, you know, lo- they're lollygagging, they game, not game be of doing, grab ass. Better yeah. not be doing any work. That would be travesty. <laughs> well, hopefully the weather cooperates. It's a podcast over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind, kind of a theme this weekend, right? Till we'll get into that, right? So yeah, weather. We'll get into some, some starts and restarts, as it were. But to answer your question, uh, my friend, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We've had a, uh, a nice little weekend here of some dramatic finishes from the, uh, the folks out on tour. And um, we're going to get into a little live tonight. You know, I've, I've kind of been Ooh. stiff arming it, you know, Ooh. kind of a, keeping it in arm's reach. But I think it's officially live SZN coming up. So we got we to gotta talk about it. And then... Into the kind of the end of the year, end of our season. Yeah. Was it bittersweet? I don't, I don't know. How do you know. describe this? I think it's sweet, sweet. Yeah, almost two years that we've been going at this thing now, man. Kind of wild. So we got all sorts of stuff for you guys, and I will say, for the first time in quite a while, we are we're not fully winging it. We have some notes, but not near as detailed as normal. So without Scott here, not Scott doesn't necessarily keep us on the rails ever, but uh, it could get. Very, very loose tonight. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Just see what, see what happens. See where we go. Uh, before we take off on this adventure, Till, as always, have to show some love to our primary sponsor. And, of course, we are talking about Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? The YSO podcast championed by Chalk there at 1324 West Memorial Road in Chisholm Creek Plaza. Follow them on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. I spent Saturday at Chalk, our eight, the 18th year of a fantasy football league with me and some college buddies. Wow. Uh, had the 18 draft 18 years. Yeah, I, I tweeted some stuff out there, you know, people drinking you know, beer out of the trophy. I mean, kind of kind of wild. So our, our fantasy football league is of age. It's legal now. It's of age. Yeah, that's just barely. But that is older or longer, older than my marriage, longer than my marriage. Not many things can top how long I've been married. And the fantasy football league got it by, got by a month. That's, that's impressive, man. Commitment, yeah. Uh, and just, you know, FYI, I've won it six times. No one else has won oh, it no more than deal. twice. I, I so don't know why you had to slip that in. Throw that in there. Always the favorite. That is uh, Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Till let, let's get to the golf. So enough enough fantasy football, right? So the Tour Championship, the uh, end of the season, if we want to call it that, uh, ended with some drama. It looked as if early Sunday morning it was going to be kind of a walk in the park. Weather delays, which we alluded to in the intro, saw some of the leaders have to come out, that leader at the time being Scotty Scheffler, finished their third round early Sunday morning. I think Scheffler goes out and birdies four of the six holes, starts the fourth round off with a six-stroke lead over playing partner Rory McIlroy, but six was not enough, was it, too? Surprisingly, it wasn't. Shocking. Yeah, this was was a shocker. I think that you, you have the restart on Saturday morning. You have Scheffler and Xander really at the top. And very quickly, we were talking about, I think even our text thread, 
that this was a good thing for Scheffler because on Saturday afternoon, he was, or yeah, Saturday afternoon, he was really kind of spraying it everywhere. He, comes, he yeah. comes back on Sunday morning to finish the second round, has things tightened up. I believe he uh, was two or three under that last few holes that they played, so extended that lead out to six. It was not six coming into that morning. Extends it out to six, and it's like, okay, this thing's over. Kind of Shuffler got things dialed in. Xander kind of spit the bit. He fell back, uh, and it was actually Rory there um, in second place getting into the final pairing. That's right, with, 17 under. With Scheffler. Um, and I wouldn't say it was like a full-on collapse from Scheffler, but the combination of Rory playing well and Scotty just making too many bogeys, frankly. Um, yeah, he erased a six-shot deficit to win in regulation. Put put yourself inside the mind of an elite golfer, Till, which I know is not a stretch for you, right? So we're not not asking you to, to sure, sure. You know, do anything that you're not super comfortable with. Got you. You go out and you play so well Sunday morning, finishing off that third round for Scotty. What what happens during that what ninety minute two hour break maybe at most before he goes out and tees? And what's interesting is that he and Rory they both bogey the first hole, right? And right, so they right. both come out of the gate stumbling a little bit, and then Rory obviously gets it back on track. Scheffler does not uh, ends up making four bogeys on the day, only one birdie, and a lot of just uninspired pars. I guess is how we would describe the round. Sure. What what happened? Because he was so good in the morning. Gosh, I hate to be so simplistic about it. In that you know golf is hard. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. You think about a guy, Scotty Scheffler, who not only has had a brilliant 2022 season. Amazing season. Yep. But has been playing very well as of late, right? So it's not like he had had a good year early on, been kind of laying in the weeds, and this he's coming back out of a funk. He's playing well the whole time, uh, plays well for three rounds on Saturday. But I think, I think that it was a little bit of maybe fool's gold, Maybe, maybe you come off, we've all done it where we've come off a nice kind of warm-up session, we're feeling good, we've gotten off to a good start, and then seemingly the wheels kind of fall off. It seems like whatever was happening on Saturday with Scheffler really was the real kind of swing that we saw, and um, that came, came back in that uh, final round on Sunday. So it's hard to know exactly, but I just think that it was more like Sunday morning was the fool's gold is probably what it comes down to. Fair. Um, you come out fresh. It's always easier to play golf in the morning. Things are all, you know, conditions are perfect. Um, weather is typically better, a little bit cooler. Everything is, is really nice and fresh in the morning. And uh, then, you know, I don't care who you are. You're playing for 18 mil. There's got to be some pressure there. And, and, you know, I'll, I do want to get, I don't know, we again, we can't, we do have kind of a script for tonight, but not, uh, or an agenda, but not exactly. I don't know if that's a good segue to Rory's comments about saying, you know, Rory in his post round was asked, why are you so, and I think it's one of my JT backhanded compliments that the press asked him, but why are you so good at chasing? Why are you so good at coming from behind to catch these guys? And his quote was, I am the player out on tour that cares the least about money. So I can just go out there and fire at flags and go after it when I'm trying to chase somebody. And these everybody else, you know, cares more about yeah, he's, that. He's certainly financially comfortable. I think it's a fair and way And so I thought that was interesting. And so maybe you could layer a little bit of that 
on the seven layer dip of Scheffler, like, okay, wow, this is like historic season, right? This is not just a tour championship. This is, if he would have won, he would have been, um, in the last 25 years, I'm doing this by memory. Normally I have my Justin Ray stats pulled up in front of me. If he would have won, he would have been one of only, I think, five players in the last 25 years to win five times, including a major. And it was like JT, Jason Day, um, BJ, um, Jordan it, Spieth. Right? And then Tiger. Yeah. And then Tiger. And by the way, Tiger did that seven so times. I was say seven it sounds stupid. <laughs> and so Scheffler would have joined yeah. that group, uh, folks who had, you know, elite. Very, very, and so I think the combination of, he really wasn't as dialed in as we saw him on Sunday morning, and the oh my gosh, like this is a this is a really big deal if I were to win this thing was probably what was his undoing. Yeah, and Rory probably you know on the number one tee box knowing that he has to make up a six stroke deficit deficit, and then bogey's the first hole, and you think ah hell you know let's just let it fly right? Yeah, exactly. got absolutely nothing to lose at this point, and uh, it overcomes that de- uh, deficit. But let, let's talk about it. you have all hell, Rory, right? So the crown prince. <laughs> Of the PGA Tour, of course, Rory McIlroy. He had been so close in each of the four majors this year till perhaps a fitting winner here that he was finally able to get over the hump, if you will. And again, he's won other events this season, I know. But for him, it it all boils down to the majors now. And the Tour Championship, not a major, but a major amount of money at stake and maybe a little bit of vindication for him after coming so close in each of the four majors uh, earlier this year. Yeah, wild. I mean, clearly, the PGA Tour could not have scripted a better ending uh, and really a better Sunday because, you know, Scotty Scheffler is obviously one of the guys who's pledged his allegiance to the PGA Tour. So they got two of their kind of golden boys battling it out for uh, <clears throat> for the uh, FedEx Cup. And yeah, I think it is with Rory. It's a, it is kind of amazing. I mean, if for a couple of hacks like us, right, when we kind of have other stuff on our mind, or we don't get don't get a warm up session in before we play, or there's just a lot of things that can throw us off. High level golf like Rory McIlroy has been playing really all year long, and we can kind of get in some of those stats at some point. But it's got to be hard to play when you have all this other side BS and you know politicking and you know basically being the de facto commissioner of the uh, PGA Tour. And so, yes, I'm sure it was a very sweet for Rory to play well. You know, played well on Saturday to even put himself in that position. Shot 63, 63 yeah. on Saturday to uh, even get into that final group. And there's no doubt that PGA Tour HQ was thrilled to see Rory take it home. Um, I, I, I still think majors are all that matters to a guy like Rory. I think he would have gladly, I mean, not even a, probably a question like giving this up oh yeah. giving up his other two totally. pga tour wins giving all that up for uh playing just a tiny bit better on sunday at the old course um but all in all a really great season for rory capped off by a big win and again story book ending kind of i mean it was definitely nice that he came back and won this because you know we thought we were going to get the storybook at the british 
And this is maybe, I don't know, what do you call, like, you didn't get the storybook ending, and then, like, in the epilogue, things turn out okay? I'm not sure what the, the analogy yeah, I'm looking for is. What's the saying, right? Whenever one a door closes, a window opens or something like that? Maybe, yeah. maybe you know. Butterfly wings, something yeah, like that. <laughs> There's some, we, we can find a Hallmark card for it somewhere, I'm sure. But, uh, but yeah, Jay, Jay Monahan had to be tickled. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sure this, was. this was his guy. His boy, and, You know, it's interesting. You, you, you bring up Rory having so much else on his mind. And whether... He's asked for this this role as the de facto players rep, if you will, commissioner esque, if you want to put it that, or, or whether it's kind of been hoisted upon him. You know, cometh the man, cometh the hour, or whatever. You know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Um, it, it is interesting to see, and, and he's been very vocal about it. And he was even vocal about you know the whole live situation and, and some of the golfers that were expected to be announced earlier today. Now, a couple of those have been announced, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the pod about you know, that whole situation and whether it kind of tainted his victory, if you will, and saying, hey, look, I hate it. You know, I absolutely hate it that these guys are leaving. I want them to be here. You know, this is this is the the, the right place for them to be. You know, I love golf and especially this tour. Um, has Is not one to shy away. And I, I found his post-round comments, whether you agree with them or not, to be very, I don't know if it's a sign of maturity or whatever it is, but he's been interesting to listen to. And I think from a sports fan standpoint, that's that's what we want, right? Just don't be boring. Give us something. Yeah, totally agree that Rory is, and really always has been, a really good quote. He actually, you know, he listens to the question. He kind of thinks for a second before he just spouts out, you know, platitudes and gives a meaningful answer. And that has been certainly on like, what, like, 100x like magnification this past six months with the live stuff so yeah, and maybe he's been that way for quite some time we just maybe haven't paid as much attention not as much attention the last six but months that, we that is why attention. that is why he's so popular is because he's like a very human kind of guy and um so yeah i think it's awesome for the tour to uh to have him be the victor and um i think that I had said way back after the Masters, right, that this that Masters was going to springboard him to having success going forward in majors, um, even winning majors, and uh, I still think that's the case. And maybe it's kind of one of those weird deals where you would think having all this distraction would make you play worse golf, but what Rory needed was like something to take his mind off of, like chasing winning, and so it. You know, there's all sorts of psychoanalysis you can do with this stuff. Whatever the case may be, he's played some of the best golf of his career the yes, last six yeah. months, and that cannot be ignored, nor can his, to your point, uh, handling well of the situation. Again, whether you are a like live, don't like live, think the PGA Tour should fall apart, whatever wherever your stance is on all that, very few people, I think, could uh, to cast too many stones at Rory as a as a person and as a personality out there on tour. And um, he had all those things on display over the week. I saw him like apologizing to Scotty Scheffler's like mom and dad post round afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It's like I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Rory played well, shot a 66 on Sunday. Again, really that Saturday round is kind of what vaulted him up and, and, and gave him a, a platform. But, you know, let, let's talk about Scotty. He yeah. looked invincible invincible at certain points in time earlier on in the season. You know, our man Scooter saying, hey, he's the number one player in the world, guys. And, and then yeah. I'll be damned if he didn't kind of follow up and, and earn that totally title did. shortly thereafter. You know, again, a quiet summer and then really seemed to come on strong. You know, I'm a guy who likes to throw around choke. 
a lot, right? Yep, so choke yep, artist, yep. A, a gag job. 73 on Sunday with a six-stroke lead going into the event. Kind of hard not to call it a gag job, I, right? I, I don't know how. Uh, and I Again, I know I infamously now picked Scotty not to win the Masters. I'm sure you have it queued up. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that a little later in the show. But I'm, I like him. I mean, he's a, a wholesome dude and, um, you know, really kind of right down the middle, mustard and mayo. Kind of a funky swing, which, you know. The feet. I oh, I love the feet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's not, I'm, I'm coming at this from a, I would say I'm a Scotty neutralist. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm certainly not a hater. And, yeah, how, what else can you call it but a choke job whenever 65, 66, 66. <laughs> he played so well, yeah. And then 73. It's like, where did that come from? And it has to be from some element of pressure, and pressure equals uh, choking. So a 73 on Sunday was never going to get it done. You know, interestingly enough, he started this tournament at 10 under par in the um, you know the net tour championship, as it's been called. So really, you know, he finished way down the, uh, the the shadow leaderboard, if you will, of the actual gross competition. But yeah, I, I think this is going to be an easy one to agree with. This was a this was a choke job. Um, you when you can go out and shoot even par and would have won handily, as it turns out. Yep. Nothing, nothing but uh, nothing but choking it off. And chokes take different forms, right? You've talked about this being a kind of a, uh, a choke aficionado, if you will. There's the 18th hole collapse type choke, triple bogey, Jean Vandeveld. You know the, those epic moments that we we can you know seared into our mind, right? There's the the slow kind of burn choke, which I feel like is a little bit more what Scotty did here. That's, that's what it was, yeah. And then there's like the uh, yeah, the first he evacuates yourself choke. Like, honestly, Rory has done in the past, uh, maybe not in the final round, but I remember at the, uh, I think it was the 2019 British Open. It was in Ireland. It was like, this is Rory's tournament to win. I think on the very first hole, he like hooks it out of bounds and makes like a seven, and it's just like tournament over. So there's all sorts of different versions of choke. I think this one fits the slow bleed model that you've uh, talked about before. Yeah, just a lot of, you know, pars, right? He just didn't put yeah. himself in position to make a whole lot of birdies yesterday. And so, yeah, it wasn't like he was spraying it all over the place per se, but uh, just not quite good enough when it would all said that, you know, now you referenced the shadow leaderboard till. So yeah, I'm you know, trying I, to find I, it. I know, I know we talked about it last week uh, on the pod. We were making some picks with our man, Cam Jordan, uh, towards the end about, you know, the gross score, the net score, right? So obviously again, the staggered start, if you will, with the, uh, the tour championship that we've grown accustomed to over the last few years now, um, the overall gross score leaderboard, right? So I, I think Rory was probably the winner, right? If I'm not mistaken. Rory was the, uh, the, the gross winner. He was 17 under on his own ball, if Pretty you good. will, Pretty good. which means he must've started at four, four under. Yeah, I think he was four under yeah. uh, going into the tournament. Sung Jay was good too. Was uh, in second place at 16 under par. Uh, he finishes also in a tie for second. So Scotty didn't even finish second alone, which cost him a little bit of money there. And then Max Homa finishes in the gross division in third at 15 under par. Uh, how about Max? We're going to get to Max. So I know we're um, we got him uh, on our on our short list of topics. But then rounding out the top five of the gross division, JT at 14 under, and Tom Hoagie. Oh, God bless him. 13 under par. 
on his own ball. Uh, yeah, we haven't heard from old 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 Hoagie, the most handsome man on tour, in uh, several months after his hot first quarter of the year. But uh, there are your top five in the uh, the really it's the OWGR leaderboard because that is actually where OWGR points get attributed in the Tour Championship is the gross leaderboard. So. Rory was one in the same, but uh, for example, Scotty's uh, second place finish does not get him second place points in the world rankings, which is probably as it should be. Right? He finished tied for thirteenth in the gross leaderboard, and his world ranking points would be uh, applied uh, accordingly. So, yeah, kind of kind of interesting the way that works out. But uh, Rory wins them both. And it's almost like, it's kind of like if the guy who starts with the head start wins, it's kind of like, eh, he should have won. Yeah. If the guy who comes back from way back to start the tournament, it's almost like he should get more credit somehow. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy there. Yeah, and some of the players have, have talked a little bit about that as like, well, do you like the staggered start or do you not? Yeah. And, and I we understand what the PGA Tour is trying to do oh, with yeah. this event and kind of narrowing it down, the, the the telescoping effect, if you will, to get it down to the top 30 players when it's all said and done. So you know, I, I don't mind it per se just for this one type of event, right? But I, with that much money on the line, I can understand why some of the guys might have a little bit of a beef. You talked about, you know, Scotty Scheffler, a couple other guys there made some shots that got them into a tie for a certain place that earned them a little bit of money. Uh, you know, Scotty being one of the guys that uh, cost himself a little bit of money in that regard. Whenever there's that much money at stake for a one or two stroke difference, I can understand maybe having a little bit of beef there. But Tom Hoagie, again, we, we've <laughs> tongue-in-cheek have <laughs> been hoagie hoagie fans i think over the course of the year but the guy finishes 10th he earns himself a million dollars yesterday till i mean yeah you know, like, yeah awesome. so he finished awesome. he finishes uh like i said top five in the gross and that got him all the way up into the top 10 in the uh the actual standings if you will and yeah a million bucks man that's pretty sweet Gives wild. us gives me hope, right? Yes. <laughs> Maybe we can get there. If Tom Hoagie can, Tom do can it. get there, right. Seth Straka, you know, another another favorite here on the podcast. We've loved watching the the, the big Austrian from Georgia poor, poor <laughs> get out there and lumber around. Val Dosta's favorite son. Uh, love it, love it, love it. But uh, I'll talk uh, Max. Got to talk Max. Yeah, let's talk about Max. We've man. been talking uh, Max home on this pod. Another likable character, pretty much since the beginning. If you would have told Max Homa a few, probably three, four years ago, when he was in the pits of despair of his golf swing not being he literally would show up to golf tournaments not knowing which direction the ball was going that he was going to finish uh in the top five of the season-long fedex cup race and take home what i believe was like 2.7 yes 2.75 million dollars the 2.75 million dollar prize is equal to a major championship win. I believe all the majors are about that level. A player's championship, another. So he cashes the biggest check of his career. And, you know, it's interesting talking about the money in this whole thing because it's easy to get lost in the the live money. And even before live, even how much um, money the FedEx Cup was throwing out. But when when you think about a guy like Max who I think less than three years ago was like hanging out at corn Ferry finals, like in a straw hat, drinking dollar beers with the no laying up guys to winning $2.75 million for finishing fifth in the FedEx cup. That's the kind of story. I love that stuff. 
And uh, on top of that, you said it. Seems like a great dude. Seems like the guy you would want to throw Easy back to a few for. cold yep. beers Easy with. To root for. So uh, could not let Max's high finish go without noting uh, here by so, uh, because of somebody we've talked so much about. So shout out to Max. Uh, impressive uh, to get it done. And, and he, uh, I think I said that he also finished in, in third place just in the overall gross competition. So love uh, it. Local ties, Oklahoma State's Vic Hovland, right? Kind of right in the middle of the pack, right? T15. Yeah. Not, you know, he was starting a long ways back as well. Uh, hey, what, so man? Probably I, wasn't wasn't in the running to win the whole thing, what? but he still nets 700 Ks. Don't, don't let me forget. I know we need to talk about our picks from last week. Um, don't let me forget. We need to talk about Vic Hovland as a, as a disappointment. Just, I'm going to, spoiler alert, Vic's been a disappointment. I think he would probably qualify 2022. Let's, uh, anything else before, uh, any other tour championships? Though? Anybody else on the leaderboard? It's a short leaderboard. Uh, Sahith Tagala, right? So cool to yeah. see him make the top 30. And he had that vibe. Clearly of, had a happy to just be Just happy to oh, be here. God. He played as if he was just happy to be Dude, here as well. So. Yeah, one round under par. Sam Burns, um, uh, one of my, you know, kind of, Picks to, to perform well uh, didn't didn't do so hot uh, when it was all Scott Stallings done. finished. I mean he yeah these guys it's kind of a weird deal. Golf is so man. weird. Um, he finishes dead last plus still, three for the week. Still took home half a million dollars though. So not too shabby. <laughs> He's probably plenty happy this week. Tickled, you know? tickled to be there. So uh, yeah, picks review. Let's get back to it. Uh, yeah, not not much to speak of. I yeah. I, I thought I thought my Xander winner and gross winner. I mean he was right there, man. Um, I was, I was ready to come on the pod trumpeting that, uh, but I will hang my hat on max. I actually forgot that I picked max as my dark horse. He was a hundred. Yeah. hundred to one. I would finishes. say out of the picks from last week, that was probably the best. Yeah, that was best. probably. The, I'll give you credit for that one the most. If, max you, if you'd have bet, if you'd have bet max in a top, top five or a top 10, you would have, you would have cashed a nice, cast a nice check. Uh, our man, Jordo, you know, went with the chalk. It looked good for a long time. Scotty Scheffler. Uh, kind of spit the bit there. And then I tell you what, Kelly had a rough putting week, dude. That was yeah, your pick the, to win. The ball striking was still pretty ball striking good. Was great. He was great the week before and, and was able to make some putts and yeah, just couldn't get anything to fall. So he, he again, didn't play terribly. It was just, meh. Yeah. Just didn't make enough birdies. So all in all, yeah, gross score. You thought Sam Burns came from way back. He had a pedestrian start, uh, pedestrian finish. So, you know, yeah, probably, probably the max pick. Um, looked the best, man. I, just, I was I was ready to cash that Xander one. I was I was thrilled, but was looking good for a brief moment. That's for sure. So, uh, it is the end of the season, Jay Till, and so do we. Do we want to get into some superlatives here? So some gosh, this is one of my favorite know, things. Some to do. ESTs, if we want to call it that, bestas. Yeah, you know the uh, kind of from your high school, you know, yeah. senior class, like most likely to succeed, you know, most attractive, most athletic. I, I graduated um, from a very small high school, so I think I won all those. Impressive yeah. stuff. Triple crown. I think yeah. that's what they call that. Um, but, you know, we're going to kind of keep a little bit more boring here. Where do you want to go? Because we have a, we may not cover all these. Right? We're Again, we're kind of shooting from the hip, but there's the obvious ones. Who's your player of the year? Who's your rookie of the year? Um, I think we threw out maybe doing like shot of the year. Um, I will say, even though Scott is off gallivanting, he did send in some audio on a few of these. I asked him to keep these like 15 to 20 seconds. I, I have Taking not, the over. this is probably not smart. I have not listened to any of these, but a lot uh, of F-bombs where, where do we want to start? He, it looks like, again, he labeled these player of the year, rookie of the year, disappointing year, biggest, best shot of the year. 
Well, let's let's start rookie of the year. I think that's that's kind of a good uh, what appetizer, if you will, a, a palate right. cleanser okay. to kind of ease into things. Let's let's go rookie. Let's see. Let's see what Scott says here on rookie of the year. We'll see if the technology works. Heading to the rookie of the year. This one's a little harder for me. Um, actually, not really, because I got to go with my man who I love dearly now. Going with everyone knows uh, Cam Young. T2 at the Rocket Mortgage, second at the Open, T2 at the Wells Fargo, um, T2 at the Sanderson Farms, third at uh, T3 at the Heritage, what are the T3 at the PGA like, Championship. Take the over, take the over. I mean, what a rookie season for him. I think he finished like 17th in the world rankings, 19th in the FedEx Cup. Uh, 25 years old. Only one that comes close in my mind to this guy is our man, uh, Tom Kim. Probably being the runner-up for Rookie of the Year, but I got to give it to my man, the Wake Forest Demon Deacon himself, Cam Young. And that was Cam Young's entire season right there. There you go. Cam, <laughs> take, if, you're take a Cam, over, if you're a Cam Young fan, you now know a lot more about him. Uh, not a surprise, probably, that Scooter is looking at Cam Young. He's had a man crush going for the better part of the year. Probably hard to disagree with Rookie of the Year. Do you have another take? I think it's either Cam Young or Thigala, right? And Cam Young, clearly, by all measurables, I think had the better season. So I think Cam, Cam Young is probably a hands-down, unanimous winner. Now, I know we care about winning on this podcast. The only rookie this year. Can you name the only rookie to win this year? This would be tough. This is going to be very tough. Mm. I did not know this. I'm cheating. I, I, I Probably at this. back in the early part of the season in the fall, if I had to guess. Um, Yes, the early part of the season. Yeah. Actually, not in the fall. You're not going to get this. Chad Ramey yep. won the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Now that you say it, I remember it, but yeah, I would never guess it. How about who won last year's Rookie of the Year? You did not know we were going to do trivia. We really aren't, but I'm just looking at some of the well, things. It wouldn't here. have been Zalatoris, right? Because he wasn't on tour. So I don't know how he could possibly win Rookie of the Year without being a tour member, but it was, it was? real. Okay. It was well, real I mean, that would have been my guess, but I was going to call it, <laughs> yeah. Technicality. All right. We're, um, I would agree. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those deals where it's so, it's so obvious yeah. that, uh, that Cam Young is the rookie of the year because of all those wonderful things that Scott mentioned. There was a lot um, of them. He probably should have won at least one major, maybe two. Uh, but a few honorable mentions. Yes, the Hith. Mito is a rookie this year, believe it or not. That sure. great finish yeah, at the KFT PGA. Before, yeah. uh, before kind of spitting the bit. Davis Riley has made some noise this year. There's a few others that uh, we'll call them honorable mentions. Um, well, okay, where do you want to go next? We can go... Um, I think he had what, disappointment? He uh, he did have disappointment. Let's, say, let's save see the best what, for last. Let's see what disappointing uh, Scott has to say here. Uh, not looking at really any stats here, just somebody that comes to my mind uh, for kind of the most disappointing season. Really thought he was going to have a really good year, so it's, this one's probably just more of the feel, um, kind of off the... 
off the cusp here. I'm going uh, Colin Morikawa. Thought he would win a major. I think actually I even said he'd win two majors. Um, didn't get that done. He did show a little bit of flash of life here at the end of the stretch, but just thought he was going to have more of a impact, uh, big staple year. So I'm going to go with the disappointing season of Colin Morikawa. A good pick. Yeah, I, I think I, I think even Colin would probably deem 2022 as a disappointing year, right? The expectations were pretty high coming into the season. Well, when you win two of your first eight majors, I think that uh, that a sets a, a damn high bar. Um, so I, I can't fault that choice from Scott. I got to stay with Vic Hovland. Mentioned it kind of in the lead into this segment or earlier when we were talking about the Tour Championship. Uh, I expected Vic to not only contend. Give me Vic Hovland at plus eight. Exactly. There was a lot of plus numbers out there for him. He was very, very, very um, disappointing to me. Thought he would win a major. Certainly thought he would contend in more majors. And we just haven't seen, since he had that win, I think it was Abu Dhabi early in the year, where honestly Rory kind of coughed that one away. Um, He has not done much. Thought the Open Championship was going to be the redeeming event of his year. Uh, then he goes out and really is a non-factor on Sunday. Probably adds on to the disappointment. Honestly, if he'd have gone out and just been competitive and still lost, I probably would have taken him off the disappointment scrap heap. But that was just yeah, icing that, that on Sunday, the cake. Sunday was bad. Yep. And um, he did make the Tour Championship, which is... Uh, you know, the top 30 golfers in the world is nothing to sneeze at. But I think given his 2021, given the fact that if you go back to the preview show, not only myself, but all of us were thinking Vic Hovland, huge year. Um, that's probably my highlight of the lowlights. I could go a different angle here and maybe throw out a couple of guys who defected to the live tour mm, as being mm. disappointing in that, but let's stick to the guys that are on tour, right? Let's stick okay. to the basics here. Uh, I'll go with John Rahm, you know, the former oh, world yeah. number one. Uh, we thought that, you know, that he was entering into this new era and he was just going to take over and uh, be competitive in all these majors. And there were several majors that he, he, he wasn't. You know, he just was not competitive and wasn't even there. Seemed to have some struggles with putting at different points in time throughout the season. Uh, always fiery, and we'll t- touch on a little bit of a, a comment that he made at a press conference uh, yesterday afternoon as well, a little bit later on in the pod. But uh, wouldn't shock me that he's a guy that will use this season as motivation, and I, it wouldn't shock me if he wins a major next year. He'll bounce back. But I think he's probably disappointed given the year before what he did. Right. Yeah, and kind of that's in the Morikawa ilk, yeah, right? Absolutely. We, we the expectations off, are so high, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy like can't can't be beat. He's playing so well and then, you know, has probably a fine season by every other person's standard, but uh, based on those lofty stand lofty standards. So it's kind of like Morikawa Vic- victim and, of his own. It's kind of like Morikawa uh, yeah, and Rom had had the success and any if they would have Anything but maintaining that success would have been a disappointment. Whereas Hovland, it's more like, okay, he's building, he's building, he's building, he's ready to take that this next is, step. This is the time. And then it's like flatline, yep. right? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I like to describe those. Um, I, I may have to, I'm glad Scott sent in something for shot of the year because I'm going to have to actually think about this one for a second. But let's see what Scott has as his best shot of the year. I, um, 
wonder if I could guess what Scott would have sent in. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe Hideki in Hawaii. A three wood. A three wood. Let's see. Let's see what Scott says here. Yeah. What's up, guys? A uh, last thing I really have uh, for the season ending. I think on the big board I saw like best shot of the year, biggest shot of the year. Man, I got to give it to uh, Matty Fitzpatrick. Oh, uh, the shot out of the sand, uh, beating uh, Zalatoris there um, to win the U.S. Open was definitely one of the coolest, uh, biggest clutch shots, I think, of the season. And uh, definitely got to give him some love there, beating my man Willie Z. But that shot out of the sand was just awesome. So, uh, yeah, sorry I'm not there. Love you guys. Later. Love you, too. Yeah, it's a good choice. Good pick. Love. Twee love. Um, that's a great pick. I did that one did not jump to mine. So kudos to Scott shouting that one out. Mostly because we were there, man. We were there. You might be taking mine. JT. 17th hole. Playoff. Southern Hills Country Club. Hitting the three wood onto the green was my best shot of the year because of A, I'm a JT fanboy. B, I love Southern Hills in Oklahoma. And C, it was an all-time moment for the You're Still Out podcast. Uh, I was going there as well, but a slightly different angle. Mine was Mito's tee shot <laughs> on 18 because we were there and we instantly knew. Bi- oh, I guess it does say big. It could be big. Biggest. Shot. That was a huge yeah. shot, right? He hits it in the fairway. He's going to win the major championship. Right? I forgot that I loses put it in shot the creek, the year, right? Not best. Um, but for the exact same reasons, we were there, and you and I looked at each other and instantly said, "There's going to be a playoff." And we raced down to 17 to watch it all unfold. I guess we were there in between 16 and 17 uh, to be able to kind of get the best view for that playoff. And uh, yeah, again, just because we were there, because it was such a epic vibe throughout the entire course we were in the tent at the time and uh yeah raced down there to watch it all happen but uh, I'll, I'll give credit to mito <laughs> for making that happen before dubious, we saw jt show dubious credit to mito <laughs> um so i mentioned to decky we'll, we'll give that one honorable mention yeah three again for those hey. who don't remember it hawaii uh sony open 275 yard three would like three feet to win the golf tournament pretty wild and i'll tell you it it didn't matter a whole lot in the great scheme of things, but the back-to-back bunker shots by Rory and Murakawa, right, on the 18th at the Masters? Oh, was like, yeah. That was pretty epic and pretty wild. Yeah. And again, it had that vibe for Rory to think like, oh, hell, he's going to go win the rest of the majors now. That's going to kickstart him. And, that uh, Rory bunker shot, that that was that's that a was good call. Yeah. Um, how about Cam Young driving the green on 18 and making the eagle? I know that's kind of two shots technically, but uh, that was pretty huge. Gave himself a chance, yeah. Um, British Open. Yeah, what else? Like Masters, U.S. Open, Scotty Chef, covered Chef that one. shot on, it was on Sunday. Yep, he hits it early. down to the pine straw, the fifth when he, hole when maybe. He chit, when he like, Looks like he's chit, com- third completely, hole, third hole. completely in jail yep. and finds a way to make birdie from that. It was yep. it was incredible. That was that was uh, That was Sunday, him and Cam Smith, final group. They both hit it over to the left, and Scheffler like, basically is chipping now, and he chips it in. He chipped it in, didn't he? He went in. He made yeah, birdie. He I remember in. that. It was chipped wild. It in for yeah. yeah. Um, totally flipped the script. That's it. That's a great call. So there's a few for you guys that like big shots. 
Um, find those on YouTube probably somewhere if you want I'm to I'm sure you can find them on YouTube moments. if you want to relive a few of those. Well, um, who's your player of the year? Uh, who's your player of the year? Do you want to hear from Scott first? I don't, let's go, Scott. We'll I know we already honors. told us he loved us, so we're kind of going out of order here, but uh, let's see what he has here on player of the year. I'm sure it's three minutes. What's up, guys? Uh, <laughs> looking at player of the year here. Man, I got to go with Scotty. Scotty Shuffer, maybe just over a little bit of uh, Rory there at the end, probably being number two for me of player of the year. But uh, just looking at Scotty's overall season, man, it was pretty good winning the Phoenix, the Arnold, the Masters, and the World uh, Golf Championship. Man, it was just. Uh, yeah, sorry, Scott. That's we've heard enough. Uh, my phone just died. Actually, it's no big deal. Uh, <laughs> We're leaving this in. Right? We're going to leave this in. Uh, while it's hard to argue with Scotty, since I just showered him with you know one of the best seasons of all time, or could have been if he would have won. Um, yeah, man, that he wins a major. Okay, pretty much. If you don't win a major, you probably can't be the player of the year, right? Because last year, it's John really Rump, hard. Yeah, really hard. Um, so that takes you to Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith at the British, JT at the PGA Championship, and Matty Fitzpatrick. So of those guys, you can probably chop Fitzpatrick. You can probably chop JT, although like this is probably one of JT's best seasons. He did win five times, I think, in 2017, which is crazy. But you kind of boil it down to Scheffler and Cam Smith, in my opinion. Players, kind of, sort of, not really a major. So, does that give him one and a half majors to Scotty's one? Cam, were those his only two wins? Fact check us, folks. Only two that come to mind. If I were to say anyone else, it would probably be Cam Smith. Yeah, for me, it was between those two players, and I was going to let the Tour Championship decide. Seemed like it was going to be pretty easy that Scotty was just going to cruise and go ahead and close out an absolutely epic season. Uh, and then, obviously, yesterday happened, yesterday afternoon happened. Uh, but I still think I would give a slight edge to Scotty uh, over Cam uh, when it's all said and done. And really, you know, Scotty's best rounds were kind of consolidated there early on in the season, had a little bit of a lull, and then kind of came back on strong once the the, uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs started there as well. So, But uh, I slightest edge to Scotty, and probably because Cam's not going to be a PGA Tour player <laughs> come later this week. No, he's As not. As of recording here on Monday night, has, has now, not made anything official yet. If, and we love to play the what-if game, if Rory closes at St. Andrews, is it a no-brainer, given everything else equal? What transpired Rory yesterday? Is player yes, there? absolutely. Was that Rory was would have been third. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, there you have it. A few superlatives. Now, I don't think Scott sent us anything else, but how about this? I I threw this one up kind of last minute. Who's the live guy that we miss the most? Oh, it's easy, Pat Perez. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Pat Perez, yeah. Uh, probably probably not talked much about Pat Perez before Liv. Do you have anybody in that category? I mean, uh, from a pure talent perspective, it's got to be DJ, right? Yeah. So you you want to see that guy competing against the JTs and the Rorys and uh, the Scotty Schefflers now, uh, week in and week out. So I think from, it's Bryson for me. Uh, content, I mean, from, well, I was going to say, palooza. from a story and content standpoint, it's either Bryson or Brooks. 
But from yeah, a pure talent standpoint, it's it's DJ. Yeah, I yeah for sure. And we, we get to see there. Paulina more. That is a that is a bummer. You know, probably not going to be on YouTube much, unfortunately. Probably not. Well, there you have it. There's some end of the season, or at least the PGA Tour season superlatives for everybody. Would love to hear if you have any differing opinions. Yeah, tweet at us right? on Twitter. Yep. Uh, just type in your player of the year, your rookie of the year, whatever you Maybe want we'll to do. Maybe we'll do a poll whenever we post this poll. Uh, we'll try. We'll, we'll definitely do a poll for, well, I guess player, yeah, player of the year could be a debatable one. Maybe shot of the year. Um, well, we'll, we'll get, we'll get weird with it. Uh, well, you mentioned our guy, former guy, current guy, who knows what, I don't even know what to think anymore. Cam Smith. It's going to take that luscious head of hair. He gone. Live. It's live season. I let's do can we do kind of a rundown of the the alleged list of live defectees? Yeah, again, I think the two that have been confirmed from earlier today uh was uh Cameron Tringale and um Joaquin Neiman. Yep. Two that Keen. uh seem to be official deals they've announced. They're headed up to Boston this weekend, right, to play in the next Live Tour event. Uh, the other guys that have been mentioned, uh, Mark Leishman, Anirban Lahiri, Cameron, uh, well, I mentioned uh, Tringali, Harold Varner third, and then, of course, the aforementioned Cam Smith, which, again, as of recording here on 7 p.m. on Monday evening, the 29th, has not been made official, but it seems all but a done deal, right? Yep, and um, I think now... I don't. I, for those who are regular listeners, we've had some lively debates on this topic, and we mentioned the term "legitimate" or "legitimize." Uh, now is probably a couple months ago, and that's where I was at. It's like, when is somebody going to make the move to live? That is somebody who is in the prime of their career, has everything ahead of them, and. Um, I was kind of lamenting, not lamenting, I was uh, taking umbrage with the fact that Liv had not signed any of those guys. Well, here we go. When you have um, Cam Smith, number two ranked player in the world, reigning players champion, reigning open champion, you have Joaquin Neiman, 23 years old. Won the Genesis, too, which is a big boy tournament. That's big, a boy big boy tournament, tournament. at Riviera. Um. I think those two players are huge, huge signings. I, now, you know, some of the others are certainly names that sure are recognizable. I think HV3 is certainly somebody who folks have come to know, know in recent years. Leishman, uh, the We talk about Leishman yeah. a lot on the pod. You know, he's kind of a, maybe kind of a fan favorite in Aussie. Um, but definitely the two names that stand out would be Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman. And uh, I think it's, you know, we're to the point where Liv is, uh, is, has, a, has a roster of guys, right, that, um, again, I, I don't think we're fully at rival status. It'll be interesting. It seems like after this wave, I think we're going to have kind of a, um, oh, I don't know, quiet period. Yeah, cooling off period. Maybe. You know, to where... I, and I heard, I literally heard as I was driving over here on another podcast that to qualify for live season ending soiree. Which I think is down at Doral, right? Trump Doral, very good. You have to have played in four of the seven other tournaments, right? So they've had three. 
They got four more before the eighth event, which is the finale. And so this is another reason this is a natural breaking point for folks to make that shift. So um, I, the question that I would kind of pose to you, my friend, we've been, we've been doing this podcast for two years now. We've always had some fun debates. It's kind of what, what, are, you, what are you hoping for? I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But what, what are you thinking? Like, what's the best case scenario? And you can say that from a fan perspective, you can say from this podcast perspective, I don't care which way you take it, but I think the last six months has been a lot of debate back and forth, not just with us, but just the golf world in general. But like, what do we think is the best case scenario kind of going forward or maybe just going forward the next year? Um, that's a great question. You know, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that you know, over the last six months, you know, I think some people may have listened to my comments and statements and thought me to be a live uh, backer or a, a, a fan of live, which is not the case. Okay, I'm a fan of competition, but I want the PGA Tour to win this battle, if you want to classify it that way. What I think we we hope, and this is something you and I have talked about off air, is that significant changes will be made to the tour, which that is started to happen. And it will force them to look around and be like, hey, look, if we don't continue to progress and evolve this sport, because everybody just thinks that, well, golf's 150 years old or 200 years old. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Nothing can ever change. That's the worst way to run a business. And this is a business, right? The 501C stat, call it what you will. This is a business. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I think they've rested on their laurels for the longest time. And so maybe now they have snapped back to reality to think that, hey, look, we are not the end-all, be-all. There can be competition for us. You know, the live event goes through and maybe another year, it fizzles out. The guys all come back to, the guys that we want to come back to the PGA, come back to the PGA, and there are significant changes that are pro golfer that are for those guys. And I want to see extended to the LPGA and all the other kind of PGA bodies as well, right? KFT, uh, which, you know, obviously we're, we're having, we're, we're going to get more involved in that as well in the coming uh, weeks and months and years. But I think that is the best case scenario is that it goes away at some point. Yeah. And those guys well, all come back. So I, so start first on your point of, Positive changes to the PGA Tour. 100%, I'm hoping for that. We have seen some of that. Um, to you know, Scott and I's debate on you know, the PGA Tour doing things because of live, like this most recent um, oh, the, slate the of announcements. up in Delaware like and the, the post the meetings in Delaware and the all the, the extra elevated events, 100% is in direct response. The players themselves having a direct, direct response to, we don't want all of our guys leaving. Here's something we want you guys as the PGA Tour execs to consider and adopt. Yeah, direct, direct response um, to Liv. I don't think Liv's going away. I, I know you're presenting that as like, that's what you kind of hope happens and that's the best case scenario. I think that, man, I think it's going to be the next, I think it's going to be three or four years where Liv is going to keep on sinking the money into it. But the thing is, if the PGA Tour can do what they've said they're going to do, they will keep a lot and show that stability 
they're going to keep a lot of the high-level talent. And I, again, I don't know if this is the best case scenario, but I'm hoping that during whatever, however long the live season, you know, last, not just year to year, but long term, um, that there does become kind of some rivalries because a lot of those guys are going to end up playing majors. You know, I think that well, that that could be something that could be fun. Like if it's it's like if you just kind of decide, well, lives just going to happen and that money's there, and well, Rory's going to go over and play the uh, an upcoming DP yep. tour event, right? And he'd yep. kind of said like, yeah, I don't feel super good about having to share the tee box with some of these guys, right? Because some of those guys are going to be let into that event because some of the court of arbitration rules, you know, your European sport a little bit different, sure, we're accustomed to uh, from a legal system here. Uh, so, so we'll get to see those guys cross paths again, uh, not too far from now. But you, you touched on one of the points I was going to make afterwards. I, I think how long it lasts, you know, because you can you can say like, well, the Saudis they print money, right? They they can back this forever. They're not stupid, right? So though there, <laughs> there there will be a point in time where you stop sinking money into this thing if it's a failing or losing effort. But I think that that can be expedited, or it can be extended based upon what the folks down at Augusta National do next Ooh. April. Because if you start banning these guys or if these guys fail to get an invitation to play in the major championships, then I think that that will turn some heads. I agree. I agree with that. So I think that um, just by nature of the PGA Tour season being a little bit, uh, even though we start right back up with events, I think the <laughs> September 15th. Two weeks off, right? <laughs> um, but given the fact that, you know, the events aren't as big, I think we will have some interesting, especially when the live roster, so to speak, solidifies. Yep, I agree. Um, there will be more talk about it when it comes to um, how, I don't know, on display, right? Because if, you know, they're getting close to getting enough guys where maybe they can get a TV deal. If they get a TV deal, all this, all bets are off. But, um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, we, we've known about Cam pretty much since he said no comment at the British Open. But Joaquin Neiman, and by the way, Joaquin Neiman, one of the 22 guys that was in that Delaware meeting, that's interesting. Right. A little yeah, snake in the grass action, perhaps. A mole. We joked about it at the time. Is there a mole in the room? Jordo. Ah. Camp Jordan said, you know, there were, yeah. you know, assuming there weren't any snakes in the grass, and turns out, Keen. Now, again, we, we, we were getting ahead of ourselves. None of this. They haven't shown up to Boston yet, so that's, that's, the, that's the thing. A lot can happen between now and but, now and, uh, and Liv hasn't sent out one of their really spiffy infographics. With you know, them on one of the things that has started to sour on me, I think maybe rewind to four months ago to where it was like, oh, we got some spicy stuff going on here. Now the the back and forth on Twitter between Greg Norman, Lee Westwood's been super uh, vocal, if you will, yeah, or active yeah. on Twitter, and just the smarmy comments. Uh, and this goes on both sides. There's PGA guys. Rory had a little bit of case of this early on as well it's becomes kind of childish now. And it's like, all right, guys, shut up. So it's like, Hey, look, everybody knows where everybody stands on this issue now. Like we don't have to kick this dead horse. Every time some sort of announcement comes out and you have some sort of smart ass yeah. remark that you want to throw a jab at the other side, like grow up, yeah. be, an, be an adult. Yeah. It's uh, I totally agree. So I think that we're going to get through the fall. Right. And then we're going to turn the page to, um, you know, the Kapalua's some of these bigger events, where um, 
we're going to see if it's noticeable that some of these guys are absent, right? It's fair. Yep. Um, and that doesn't mention the President's Cup. I will say the internationals seem to be a lot less loyal to the PGA Tour than um, the U.S. guys. And that international president's team, President's Cup squad, was not going to probably be much of a matchup anyway. And it's going to be Maybe ugly if guys, they yeah. hold to the uh, those Cam's guys can't out, play. Joaquin's out. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> ugly stuff. So there's your live minute. <laughs> we'll we talked co- about it. We'll I have to come up with a catchy name for our, for our live segments. Uh, well, let's take it back. Uh, we I alluded to KFT, Corn Ferry Tour, right? So a few guys... Uh, I think mathematically may have clinched their spot in the top 25 so. uh, from the KFT event this past weekend. Um, you know, talk about a few of those guys, JT. And uh, Well, you start with the winner, yeah. uh, big David Lingmurth. Actually, I believe he's won a – I think he might have won the Memorial He's tournament. been on tour in the past. I remember I, the name. I'm pretty yeah. sure he has won the Memorial at Jack's Place, which I'm sure at the time everybody was not happy about that result since that was one of Tiger's big playgrounds. But uh, he gets it done – up in Columbus at the Nationwide Children's Hospital Tournament. I so. Yep, Nationwide. Um, I believe, was that at... Um, uh, was that, that the Scarlet Course, I think? Perry yeah. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Well, and probably kind of a bastardized Perry Maxwell. I think Jack Nicholas had his way with it, which never ends up well for golf courses. But, um, so we didn't want to overgloss the winner. We're obviously more interested in the KFT because of some of our local flair. That's right. Um... We have several guys that played well. It seems like Goderup probably is in the best position at this point. He missed the cut at the um, event in Columbus, but I think he's sitting at like the 27 spot, if my sources are correct. Uh, my sources aren't correct. Oh, I bet it's in the... Uh, yeah, there's two different there's two rankings, different right? Rankings, the PGA yeah. guys that bounce down and the KFT guys yep, that can bounce right. up. But you're right. Uh, Goderup in the best position. Uh, Austin Eckrote. Oklahoma State Cowboy, former uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy, uh, up there as well with an opportunity. And then our man, uh, Big Q, Quade Cummins. Uh, he's going to need something good to happen, I think, uh, on the on the last event to kind of get vault himself up in there in, into the, that top 25. But uh, yeah, some local guys to root for. Uh, they're not out of the running just yet. And um, So here you go. Among, among, so again, two points. Among those just competing in the finals, right? Got her up. 27th, Sam Stevens, 39th, Eckrode at 67th, Bo Van Pelt blast from the past, 69th, and then Quaid at 78th. So you're right. Uh, everybody but Goderup has to probably either win or finish in the top. T- T5, yeah. probably. Yeah, T3. Yeah, top three. Uh, Goderup could just have a really, really solid week uh, up at Victoria National for the Corn Ferry Tour Championship and get in. Um, but it'll be fun to watch. It's one of the few Corn Ferry events. It's nice that the Corn Ferry final events, for the most part, are on TV. And if they're tape delayed, at least we get a little bit of coverage. Um, but I think Goddard Up is probably the one that has the best chance of getting his PGA Tour card um, this weekend up in Indiana. Yeah, a quick shout-out to those other five guys that uh, made the mathematical cut, if you will. Michael uh, Gligich. Uh, from Ontario, Canada, age 32. Joseph Bramlett, uh, another one. Uh, Austin Cook. Uh, your Nolo's going to be happy. Some hogs out here, man. University of Arkansas hogs. had a couple yeah. of guys uh, that made that cut. And then Dean Burmeister and Heinrich Norlander, a couple of names that uh, maybe some of our fans will remember. They were out on tour not too long ago. But uh, congratulations to those guys. That's a big deal. 
Big this deal. is a big deal, and we'll wrap it up. With the Tour Championship on the Corn Ferry this weekend, really the only decent golf uh, professionally uh, of note out there this weekend. Um, Got to be approaching Megapod status at this point. I can always tell because my right voice, an hour. My right voice is, an hour. is starting to uh, get a little scratchy. You got about five minutes. Um, I'd say the event of the weekend has to be out at Pebble Beach. That would be the Carmel Cup. College oh, yeah. golf, baby. Love We're it. getting Love started. It. Local ties as well, right? Got great local ties. Now, Carmel Cup should be familiar, I think, to our listeners because OU and OSU on the men's side have played in that event for several years. Well, Oklahoma several State years. won last year. Yeah. OSU won. I believe Logie Mack was the medalist. Yeah, OU finished second. Um They've thrown us a curveball here because they have taken the Carmel Cup and switched it to a women's collegiate tournament. This weekend out at Pebble, we have Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Texas Tech, the aforementioned Arkansas Razorbacks, the Texas A&M Aggies, the Stanford Lady Cardinal stacked team. And then, yes, our Bedlam schools and OU and OSU on the ladies' side. Eight squads teeing it up in the Carmel Cup. I think the only disappointment of this is we will not be able to watch a single solitary golf shot from the Carmel Cup. I, I feel like there should be like a screensaver option to where you could there, – there should just be cameras out there all the time and that if you just want to flip over to a YouTube channel or, or, or screensaver, whatever it is you want to call it – and you can just see scenes from that place, whether or not a major tournament's going on. Why? Why would you not put this on television? This this course, if does nothing, it draws the eye in. It doesn't matter what event's going on. We're going to watch it because it just pops. The scenery is is unlike any other place on earth. Second to none when it comes to the eye candy of Pebble Beach. Uh, so we'll just do what we always do, and we'll be on golf stat. We'll refresh, be hitting the refresh, refresh. button. Uh, I believe the official dates of that are the 1st through the 4th. I could be totally lying. I'm sure that includes some practice rounds. Um, we hope to, in coming weeks, have both uh, OU's uh, Coach V and OSU's Coach Greg Robertson on the pod. That's right. Uh, specifically, we're have trying to ten- tentatively trying to right try yeah. to schedule them so we could actually hear a little Pebble Beach talk from each of them. But... Um, Regardless, college golf season is here. Obviously, we talk about it a lot on the pod. It gives us a lot of uh, joy and camaraderie. And this season looks to be no different. We had Coach Hibble on a few weeks ago, and he uh, certainly colored up the 2022 season for the Sooners. And so we're, we're just a few days away from getting her fired up, buddy. Yep, looking forward to that. Uh, one last thing, Fairway Files. Right, ah, so a little, little yes. local golf. Yep. Uh, again, Scooter not here, but uh, congrats to him. Had a, had a good showing at the club championship at the Greens. I think he was a T8 in flight two. Right? I believe Pretty uh, T8 in flight two Top 10 from finish. Scooter at the Greens club championship. Um, said he didn't play as well as he would have liked. Um, understandably, he's had a great summer of golf. Asked him, well, you know, you gotta, we got to shout out some of our greenies that uh, won Peter, Peter Vitale. Shot 69-71. That's pretty good. To take home the uh, the men's club championship out of the greens. I think 
Old Pete Vitale coming a little bit of a legend. He kind of beats up the uh, the club championship scene. Obviously, at at the Greens, you actually have to be a member, whereas I think he's probably won the Lincoln Park Club Championship a couple times, Lake Hefner, et cetera. So he's a little bit of a local legend. And then, obviously, Taylor Walner. Got a shout-out our man, Walner. Didn't have the weekend he was looking for. 71 on Saturday, followed by a, 70, a disappointing yeah. 76 on Sunday. I can almost tell you how that played out for uh, for our man Walner. It was uh, Saturday night. Got a little didn't, loose. He didn't shoot under par on Saturday. He spends a little time at the after party. One thing leads to another. It happens, and he shows up on Sunday not in top form. Uh, but wanted to shout out our man Scooter. Scooter's been, I think, our our most um, what would you call that kind of prodigious competitive golfer of the three of us this summer. He's, he's entered a lot of stuff. He's entered a lot of stuff. You're right. So he, he may have logged the most rounds this year out of all of us. We'd have to measure that. We would have to measure that. It would be, it'd be, it'd be tight, but I might, he might be the favorite. We'll report back on who is currently in the lead on Probably what uh, him and Tucci most, were doing today while they couldn't be here for the pod. Well, you know, I'm sure they were, uh, I'm sure they're having a bang up time. But Greens Club Championship. Now we we got ourselves into the normal Sunday game out at Lincoln Park this weekend. I, that was my first true weather delay in a long time, where it wasn't just a washout, where you yeah. actually stopped and you like went in and you waited for it to be over, a la East Lake this weekend. Yeah. Um, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, <laughs> the rogues. Oh that man, got out. this was awesome. So you know, probably a forty-five minute to an hour lightning delay, right? And, and it was kind of it rained for a little bit. The rain wasn't necessarily the problem. It was the lightning off in the distance, a couple of miles away. Um, shout out to some of the college golfers that were out there yesterday, kind of a practice round for mm-hmm. a, a NAI event taking place out there uh, later on this week. So that was kind of cool. Um, so it was a packed golf course. Everybody comes back into the clubhouse, and after about 30 minutes, there were a few rogue golfers, if we want to call it that. They were playing the east side. We were on the west that said, uh, piss on this. We're going to go play. They load up into the carts, tee off on one, despite the <laughs> um, despite the marshals yeah, the public pleading the call yeah. on the PA announcer to say, the course is closed, guys. There is lightning in the area. Turn your golf carts around. They, uh, they decided to just go with it, and uh, hopefully those guys are safe. I didn't hear anything, didn't see anything, but uh, not not heeding by the rules. They, uh, yeah, they were never go never to be heard from again. That's yeah. like Cam Smith on the PGA Tour. Yeah, they're gone. rode off into the distance. They're off the east side, as we saw them from the clubhouse. Yeah, uh, it was it was uh, interesting. We we turned a yeah four round into four hour round of golf into kind of an all day affair with the weather delay, but always good to get out. To Lincoln Park. Got a shout out our man Chuck Ronan taking home the quota game. Uh, big winner yesterday. He was he was red hot on the front nine. He cooled off a little bit on the back, but uh, he had a hell of a front nine. Dude, two birdies in your group on hole one. Which anybody who knows hole one at Lincoln Park West, that Not is easy. a doozy. Not easy. Uh, Daddy Don Powers and then Chuck. Both birdie, number one. That would have been good for a skin, no yeah, doubt Don, about it. Don and I had a rough front nine, but the break did us some good because uh, we were we were much better on the back nine, so I can report that. I birdied 17, so which was uh, crossing that one off the birdie list for the season. I think it's the first time I birdied that one this year. I know you're a big infrastructure guy. New new bridge yeah, crossing 17 ponds. Yeah, I like ponds, that. You like know? that. Much sturdier than the old uh, rope bridge there that uh, kind of puts you in the mind of you know what you'd see in an Indiana Jones movie. I was so going to say Indiana glad, Jones. Yeah, glad they got that uh, taken care of. Much, much sturdier. Big upgrade. 
Well, Till, we are at mega pod status now, my friends. So uh, throw those, uh, throw the social media tags out there. My at friend. YSO Golf, kind of rolling into Labor Day weekend, Labor Day week. We will see what we get into on Twitter. Could be a little light, you know. We uh, maybe have a little bit of a breather. I know we're working and efforting towards some special podcasts since we won't have recap pods per se. Right. Taking a, a week off maybe from the live podcast, but we've, we've got some stuff in the can, in the works, right? We're going to try to put together some special things so that you're not left without some golf content over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but regardless, we will be throwing stuff out at YSO Golf, both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm hoping to have a special Labor Day trip that would certainly be photography worthy. Ooh, I like it. A little bit of a tease. Good stuff, good stuff. And of course, for us here at the Sports Pros Network, you can check us out on the web at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E. -E. P-R-O-S-E. Well, season two coming to a close, Till. Who would have thunk it? Wow. Just a little podcast that could, you know, just keep chugging along. Choo-choo. Special thanks to our friends at Chalk Sports for making all this happen. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Till. So we're going to get out and play some golf this week. Uh, I think we've got something scheduled for Wednesday. We would advise all of our listeners and friends to do the same. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Uh-oh.